Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence here with us. And Lord, wherever you go, you just bring joy and gladness. And we thank you for that. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is the spirit of joy. And we thank you that he is the one that Jesus said will lead us into all truth. And that's what we ask, dear friend, that tonight that you would open our understanding um, into uh, God's word tonight and that we might be able to not only hear it but with your grace, with your help to apply it into our lives. We pray this and we ask this in faith and with great anticipation and expectancy. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, are you full of anticipation and expectancy tonight? Ah, good. There's one or two. That's great. That's uh, (laughs) all right. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about heroes of faith tonight, and um, I want to use uh, Abraham as a bit of an example. But before I do, here's a question for you: Have you ever been in a hurry? And you find that God wasn't in a hurry? You, you know, it, it's sort of you, you have this burning desire, this burning question, this prayer that needs to be answered immediately, God, and yet there's this long delay that takes place. It's waiting for him. And you know, in my own Christian experience, that's the hardest thing that I've ever confronted. It's waiting for God, but waiting for his time. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11, God makes everything happen at the right time. Let's just let that hang there for a second, right? God makes everything. That's everything. That's everything. That's your everything. That's my everything. That's the President of the United States' everything. That is the Prime Minister of Australia's everything. It's every person alive, breathing on this planet tonight. God makes everything happen at the right time. At the right time. Are you waiting for God to answer a prayer. Everything at the right time. Now that should fill you with a great deal of confidence and hope and joy because you know God is going to answer it when? At the right time. At the right time. Yet none of us can ever fully understand all he has done and he puts questions in our minds about the past and the future. God is always peppering our thinking, our thoughts with regards to the past and the future. And, and so it is that when we think about uh, waiting for God, we're strengthened because we know everything happens in God's time. God has his reasons. God has his time for every matter. And tonight we're going to look at Abraham. 
and we're going to talk about how God um, delayed in fulfilling a promise that he made to Abraham. He delayed it like many, many years, like 25 years before he fulfilled a word, a promise that he gave to Abraham. And Romans 4 and verses 18 to 20 says, Against all hope, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him by God, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, he did not waver, like wavers back and forth and back and forth. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. You know, church, what we really do need is to be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. No doubt whatsoever in your heart, in my heart, in the heart of this church that God can fulfill every word that he has promised, every word that he has said. In fact, the word of God says that in Christ, every promise, every word is amen. It's all fulfilled. And so whatever is happening to you and to me in our lives at this present time, and I don't know what's happening for you, and you don't know really what's happening for me as well. But the question is, are you fully persuaded that God is able to do what he has promised and what he has said? Are we fully persuaded that this Saturday night that God can do far greater and far more than we can ever begin to imagine or think? Are we fully persuaded? Because when you're fully persuaded in your faith, you're not moving back and forth. You're standing firm. In fact, Isaiah says, we either stand firm in our faith or we don't stand at all. We stand firm. So, we're looking at Abraham and if there was ever a man, a person who had to wait it was him and if you're not familiar with the story it goes a little bit like this God gave Abraham a promise that he'd have a son who would become a great nation and that nation is Israel that nation is still a nation today God gave Abraham this promise. He'd have a son and that through the son there would be this great nation formed and from the time that God promised Abraham a son, 25 years would pass before God would fulfill his promise. Add to that mix as well that his wife could not fall pregnant. Don't you love God? Don't you think he's amazing? 
I mean, he doesn't start with the way that you and I would start with a problem, with lining all the things up in a row. God always starts differently. And so we have this man and this woman, husband and wife. Why did Abraham and Sarah need to wait so long? Why the delay? Well, that's what we want to talk a little bit about tonight. And I'm praying and hoping that as we talk about it, that where you are in your faith journey, you will be strengthened tonight. You'll leave this building and you'll go, aha, now I know why God is delaying. Now I know that he is at work. And I can understand some of the reasons behind the way he works in my life. And if you're like me, that's what we want to know, don't we? We want to know why it is that God is at work in our lives in some particular way. All right. Let's see what we can learn from Abraham's experience. What may be God's purposes behind the delays that we experience as we live our Christian lives? And the first thing for us to, re, uh, to recognize is that God is always at work in our lives. I want that to settle. I want that to find a place in your spirit right now. God is always, always at work in your lives, not just Sunday night, not just Monday or Tuesday. And he doesn't have Wednesday or Thursday or Friday off. He doesn't knock off at five o'clock every night. God is always, always at work in your life. And Jesus made that clear in John 6. He said, my father is always at work. He's always at work. And so we want that to be the premise. That's our starting point. And I wonder if you're someone tonight, as we begin to explore this whole reason for delay, I wonder if you're someone tonight that has a dream, that God has placed a dream in your heart. Now let's earth that a little because that's kind of way out there, isn't it? You know, kind of ethanol, you know, way out here somewhere. And, and what does that mean that God has given me a dream? Well, it's, it's not difficult really. It's simply that God might have placed an idea in your mind or excited you about some kind of um, ambition for the future, uh, some cause or a desire. And he's asking you to do what, humanly speaking, is right off the scale and it might be just a bit bizarre and totally impossible. You know, that's how God has worked in my life and Robin's life. There's never been, well, sorry, there's never been many occasions when it's been clear-cut for us. In fact, when God begins to move in your life, you begin to question it because it does seem so bizarre, so far off the scale, that God could take two people and use us the way he has over the years. I find that quite incredible. That God could take just two ordinary people 
and so do such amazing work over years in our lives to see such wonderful things, to see God at work changing the lives of people, to be involved in so many wonderful opportunities in ministry. But you see, that's what God does. He takes you and I, ordinary people, and He does amazing and wonderful things in us and through us. All He needs is what I call fat people. Faithful, available and teachable. Just fat people. That's what the Lord needs. So your prayer again maybe tomorrow is, Lord, make me a fat person. <laughs> Faithful, available and teachable. Okay. Then how can you tell that God has you know, put this desire in your heart or put this ambition. Have, have people got that in their heart tonight? Are there some here that have that? You know that God is stirring in your heart and in your life and in your mind. And when you think about some area, you get excited and you think, yeah, that's it. That's what God is calling me to do. That's where he's leading me and guiding me. I want to bet, and I'm not a betting man, but I reckon that you know there's just a whole heap of people in this place tonight that are like that. Because God's at work and he's leading us and guiding us every day. And so, how do you know that? Well, God's ways vary. Isaiah says that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts and as high as the heavens are above the earth so his thoughts and ways are above ours so God is incredibly creative it could be something that's said in a sermon it could be something that you read tomorrow morning in the word of God when you open it up it could be one of many things somebody might say a word, a prophetic word, a prophetic word over you. And you know that that's God speaking into your very life. Well, at age 75, 75, when you might think that Abraham is, well, he's past it, you know, he's got one on one foot on the banana skin and the other one in the grave and you know, he's just about gone. At 75 years of age, God gives, gives him a dream. He gives him a dream and he says, I'm going to make of you, Abraham, a great nation. It would be good right now for us to understand that whenever God says something to you or gives you a dream, that's only the very beginning. That's the first step. That's God seeding you with his will and his purpose and his plan for your life. He just puts that seed in your spirit and in your heart. And you know it's there. But that's just the first step. Every dream of God has a risk to it. There's no question about that. For you who have journeyed on the road of faith for a number of years, you know that. It always has 
a step of faith, a step of following what God wants you to do, you must have a step of faith and a step of faith always involves risk. Okay, it always involves risk. And if you believe God is calling you to something and it doesn't involve risk, then I would suggest that you examine that again. So I am going to make you, Abraham, into a great nation. And so you need to take that first step of faith. And faith is often um, spelled R-I-S-K, risk. And that's what Abraham did. Abraham's a prosperous man. He's got a wonderful family around him. He's a merchant. He's got plenty of slaves and servants. He's got plenty of animals. He's a very rich man. And in the midst of his prosperity, God says to you, Abraham, I want you to leave your home and I want you to go to a place that I'll show you. In other words, God didn't even give to Abraham the destination place. It was a massive step of faith. Years ago, um, when Robin and I and my family were in New Zealand and, and things were going extremely well for us and you've heard the story before, we had a McDonald's restaurant and we were making money and we were, you know, it was great in terms of our comfort and our security and all those kinds of things. In the middle of it all, God said, I want you to come follow me. I want you to sell everything you've got and I want you to go back to Australia. And I said, okay, Lord. We said, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? And he said, I'm not going to tell you that. I just want you to take the first step of faith. There's always the first step of faith. Does God give you the, the big plan and the big picture? No way. No way. He doesn't do it that way. Why does he not do it that way? Because he wants to grow faith in us. And Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says this, without faith you can't please God. And praise God, he's working in our lives in such a way that we end up bringing him pleasure and pleasing him because he's growing faith in us. And so often that's why the delay is there. It's not that he's got his thumb on you and he's trying to drive you into the turf. He's growing something that is precious, more precious than gold, the Word of God says in James and Peter. More precious than gold is your faith to God. Because without faith you cannot please him and without faith, listen, you cannot serve him. You cannot step out and achieve the plans and purposes that God has for your life. Those exciting adventures, you can't step out and achieve them unless you have faith. And God's got to grow faith in us. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's painful. And the pain is caused because of the delays along the way. God at work. So the next step, having, um, you know, taking that is to 
step out in faith and so you make a decision. You decide to step out. Now let me get back to that first question. Have you ever been in a hurry when God wasn't? Have you noticed how God works in your life? Very quickly, just do an inventory right now. Right now, have a look at the way God works in your life. Just think about it. Are you surprised that I'm preaching then this way? Is, is what I'm saying so different from your experience? No, it's not. That's the way he works. And he will continue to work that way in your life and in my life until I finally and you finally take your last breath. Have you noticed that God very seldom does things instantaneously? Oh my goodness. Who has noticed that? Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's noticed that. Oh God, this prayer is urgent. This prayer needs to be answered now, Lord. Truly it does. Don't you see the urgency of it, Father? Don't you see how you need to do something about this now, Lord? <laughs> Would be good. And oftentimes, the Lord delays. He waits. He waits. How long He waits is all part of His plan working out in your life. So I can't even tell you how long he may delay in answering you. I know in my own experience, sometimes that's been a long time. But I tell you something else, that during that time, I've gotten to know him. And you have as well. You've gotten to know him. He's faithful. He's there. He supports. He strengthens you. He energizes you. He meets your needs. They may not be everything you really want, but He's there to meet them just the same. So in my experience, there always seems to be a delay, a time gap between, say, for instance, what we ask in prayer. And with Abraham, the dream that God deposited in his heart just took years and years and years. Well, why would God do this? Well, maybe because he wants to grow faith, as I've said before, wants to build you up. Now, 11 years after, 11 years after God gives Abraham the promise, they still don't have a child. When he was 86, the Bible said, Sarah was still barren. She, she couldn't fall pregnant, no matter how hard they tried. What happened in those 11 years? You ready? You really want to know what happened in those 11 years? You're already a step ahead of me. You know nothing. Nothing. Hello, God. Are you there, God? Nothing. 
The Bible doesn't tell us anything happened in those 11 years. Was it silent? I don't know. Did God meet Abraham at certain times? I don't know. The Word of God doesn't tell us that. All it says that those years had passed and nothing had happened. What was God doing? I don't know. Abraham and Sarah are just waiting on God. And during that time of waiting, he's tempted to doubt. He's tempted to despair, tempted to take detours, tempted to take matters into his own hands. And sadly, that's what he does when in, the, in this instance, he, he gives in to his wife's um, demands. I want a child. I want a son. I can't give you a son. Go sleep with my servant and she will give you a son. And Ishmael was born. Now, we could go off on a tangent right now and say that one act, that one act of impatience and and just uh, not uh, trusting fully, but just impatient, we are still in this day and age um, suffering the consequences of that. Of course, Ishmael, the Muslims come from that line. And so we know what's happening throughout the world in that area. But we won't go down there. But you see just that one act, tempted to, to doubt, tempted to despair, tempted to take detours, tempted to take matters into their own hands. And church, that's you and I. That's you and I. We just can't sit here and start throwing rocks at Abraham and Sarah and go, oh, you gooses. We know how the story ends. They didn't. And it's the same with you and I. We doubt. We despair. We, we look to take matters into our own hands. When God delays, we think that somehow everything is what? Out of control. Just let me get hold of it again. I'll fix it, God. You're not obviously doing anything for me. Just leave it in my hands and I'll fix it. Well, maybe, um, you know, you're someone who, who has been waiting on God for something or other. Let me say, congratulations. You've passed the test so far. God's put something in your heart. You've stepped out in faith. But there's possibly delays with everything else that's taking place. And you've passed the test so far. That's good. Okay. Have you noticed that while Abraham and Sarah waited on God... The same thing happens for us. There's this patiently waiting, enduring the frustrations of, of waiting on God to see what he's going to do. And then somehow God throws another complication into the mix. 
It's like, isn't that enough, God? Here I am waiting on you and yet you bring another problem into my way and things seem to go from bad to really bad to worse to impossible. That's exactly what happened to Abraham. That's exactly what happened to him. Abraham is now 99 years old. His wife, Sarah, is 89 years old. Now, what I like about Abraham and Sarah is that they're realist. Look what Abraham says. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. And that his wife's and Sarah's womb was also dead. There there was no way, no way Sarah's going to fall pregnant. No way. And, you know, I I guess you've got to admire the fact that, you know, they're 99 and 89 and they're still trying. The mind boggles at that. I think that's, that's a miracle in itself, isn't it? Wouldn't you think so? 99. And you can stand in front of the mirror and go, well, it doesn't get any better than that, you know, <laughs> at 99. And yet the Word of God says, without weakening in his faith. Now, he could have looked at himself, he could have looked at Sarah and said, you're kidding me. But you see, he didn't look at himself. He was looking at God. Then God is always the focus of your faith. God is always the focus of your faith. What you've got to do is you've got to take the attention off yourself and put it on God. Stop saying to yourself, oh, you know, geez, I can't do that. And, oh, gee whiz, you know, and, and I'm no good at this and You've got to stop saying that to yourself. You've got to start putting the eyes of faith on God and saying, with God all things are possible and with God I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I get excited at this stuff, church. I really do. This is really what it's about, to live for Jesus and to know the supernatural power and work of God in your life. That's what I want. Come on. Does anybody else want that in their life? Absolutely. And so you you might look at your circumstances and you say, that's impossible. But I want to say that God is the God of the impossible. Otherwise, let's all pack up the band and go home. The cricket song. Not yet. (laughs) Oh, gee whiz. Okay. (laughs) Little wonder, eh? Uh, He asked God, God, how can a son be born to a man that's so old? You know, how can that be? Now, What's worse, now you see, this is God at work. Don't you love him? You know, it's good fun, God, in your life. 
right? So what God now does, he changes Abraham, his name was Abram, into Abraham. Now, in those days, a name was deliberately given to someone. Not like us, who you go, so what are you going to call your baby? Oh, I don't know, Harry, Jack, Charlie. It's a girl. Yeah, Charlie, you know. Now, in those days, the name that you were given meant something, actually described you and, and talked about um, who you were. And so, God now changes Abram, A-B-R-A-M, to Abraham. And listen to this. Abraham means father of the nations or father of many or father of the multitudes. Now, that name change is very significant. So, you can imagine Abraham. He's over at Wattle having a coffee and somebody says to him, um, I think I might know you. Who, who are you? And he goes, I'm Abraham. I'm father of the nations. I'm father of many. I'm father of the multitudes. And he goes, oh, great. So how many children do you have? And he goes, I haven't got any. <laughs> he said, oh, well, you haven't got any? No, 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 I haven't got any. I don't have any kids at all. And, and as a matter of fact, I'm 99 years old. <laughs> well, hang on for a second. You're father of the multitudes, but you don't have any children. So what's God doing here besides making us all laugh? He's testing Abraham. He's testing Abraham. Abraham going to change your name. Father of the nations. Oh, give me a break, God. I'm 99 years old. How can I have a child? And you're going to give me a name that talks about the multitudes? God says, yes, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Now, the advantage that you and I have is that we know the end of the story and how God eventually fulfills the dream and Abraham at a hundred and Sarah at a sprightly (laughs) ninety gives birth to a miracle baby and they name him Isaac. Is Isaac here tonight? No, he's not here tonight. Is he here? Isaac? Isaac means laughter. (laughs) Right? Laughter. That's what Isaac means. So, why this name? Well, it was because we know that it was hard for Sarah to believe God when he told her at 89 years of age, you're going to have a baby. So she goes, (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding. You're kidding. And so, she does. She has a baby, and so they call the baby laughter. So, Sarah laughs, Abraham laughs, God laughs, Isaac laughs. It's a big laughing session because she doubted. But God's got a great, great sense of humour. And don't you love the way, the fact that he doesn't treat us so mean or bad when our faith 
wobbles around all over the place. In fact, he brings some life and some colour and some really wonderful things into the whole story of our lives. You know what I think? I think sometimes if God was amongst, well, he is amongst us, but if Jesus was standing here, you know what he'd say to you, church? Lighten up. Lighten up. You know, I've got it all in control. Live and enjoy life. Follow me and just enjoy it. My burden is light and my yoke is easy. Enjoy it. I've come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness and abundance. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. We just need to be able to live that way. Okay, so here we go. The baby's born and everyone's laughing. It's a great time. Now the years pass. I'm going to be finishing here. So in another so many years' time after the birth of the baby, in fact, it could have been 16 years. In fact, it could have been 30 years. We know that Isaac now is a young man and in Genesis 22 we read about God asking Abraham to give up his son. And we see, I think I've put it on. Okay. Uh, Not quite. All right, we'll come back to that one. Asking, he says to Abraham, take your son your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Now, that region is near Jerusalem. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you. Now, if we had time here, church, we could just sit with this. We would be so gobsmacked at what this little verse of Scripture means. Take your son, your one and only son, whom you love, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there, As a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you. So Abraham takes Isaac to a mountain and in fact that mountain was probably Calvary. Take your son, your one and only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. How many times when Jesus walked this earth, God would say, this is my beloved Son. And so, way back there, hundreds of years before Christ, God begins to set up Calvary. And so it is that Abraham 
says to God, I'm sure. No. Why, why do you want me to do that? This, this can't be right. Surely this is, a, this is just one of your jokes again, God. You know, You're, you've got it wrong. But this is what we read in Hebrews 11:17 to 19. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, there was Isaac, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. God, you know what you're doing, God, here. You know, you're going to fulfill your promise through Isaac and yet you want me to sacrifice him. And then Abraham reasons. And church, this is what faith does. It, it reasons as well. It, it reasons that God can do so much more. And the reasoning is this. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And so by faith, he picks up that dagger and he's about to plunge it into the heart of Isaac to take his life. And God says, no, hold on, don't do that. But he was convinced that God could raise him back to life. And I'm telling you, on that story that I was telling you about Mount Moriah, God raised his only son from the dead. He was sacrificed for you and me on that cross. He died for you and I. And God fulfilled His promise that through Abraham, many would be saved and come into this glorious nation which we call the nation of Christians, that Abraham would be our father, meaning that Abraham's faith gave him righteousness and it's the same with you and I. Romans 3 says that God has given us this righteousness through faith in Christ. And this blows your head off, doesn't it? This is just wonderful. God at work. That's why I'm saying, when sometimes God delays, listen to me, He's got bigger things for you. I get excited, as you can tell. And I'm getting excited because that's how God's worked in our lives. And that's how he's worked at your life, in your life, if you but take a moment to take a step back and reflect on how God has been at work in your life. And you'll see that that's what he's been doing. And that's why sometimes it's those delays happen. You know what I've learned over the years as I've walked with the Lord? I've learned that the more hopeless a situation is, the greater the deliverance or the rescue or the escape or the relief 
or the healing or the deliverance or more greater the miracle is going to be. So put that in your school bag and take it home with you. (laughs) Well, you might be saying right now, oh, hang on for a second, you just get so excited up there, Graham. I'm not Abraham. I'm not Sarah. And God hasn't said to me, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. (laughs) And so really... um, you know, what is, how does it apply to me? Well, I want to say this to you right now. God's got no favourite kids. He doesn't look down and go, Ah, yes, yeah, Shane, I really love him. Graham, ooh, you know. He doesn't do that. Well, he just sits there and he goes, Oh, man, I love the Just love you to heaps. Every one of you. You just want to squeeze him till your eyeballs fall out. <laughs> just loves each one of us we're all the same in his eyes now are you finding that hard to receive tonight you shouldn't you shouldn't don't feel unworthy before God because he sent his one and only son to save you and to bring you into relationship with himself I want to tell you something you are special tonight. You're special. You are special. You want to say that into your heart tonight? I'm special. Not because I've told you to say that, because God sees you that way. And you are worthy. You are worthy. So God's got no favourites. He loves us all equally. And I think that I can probably say that, that for the majority of time, the way that you know God worked in Abraham's life, he will work in your life and he will work in my life. And that's the way he's done it. Sometimes I just want to go bang, 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 why the delay? But then I find out he's been shifting the furniture and bring this over here, over there. Yes, a little bit over here. We'll move that over there and we'll get that and we'll make a straight path. There you go, Graham. Straight through. But it takes a while to move the furniture sometimes and to get the pathway straight. Okay, so what do you do? We've come to the end of it and you're saying, what do I do, Graham? What do I do? Tell me, please. What do I do? Well, you learn from Abraham and other men and women of faith over the years and that is this. You surrender. <laughs> you give up. <laughs> Truly, that's what you do. Oh, you thought, oh, golly, I thought it was going to be really difficult. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> surrender is very, very difficult. It really is hard. And Psalm 37 and verse 7 says, Surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Is that what you need to do? If God's at work in your life and and all these things that like delays are all happening and and you just don't know what to do and and how am I going to get through this and this is too much for me and God, you're, you're sending me crazy with all this delay and things like that. 
You know what God's saying to you? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Trust me by just surrendering it all over to me. And then just wait. Wait patiently for me. That's what we need to do. That's what you and I need to do. Handing it all over, your plans, everything that that is there, hand it all over to Him. And trust in His promises. And trust that He will act on your behalf. Now, this word may have spoken to you personally tonight. I want to say this to you. If that is you, um, I'd just love to pray with you afterwards. If you would like some prayer, like to talk a little bit more about it, I would love to do it. I know that Bennett would love to do it as well. The elders are here and there's friends as well. You can talk to them. And we can pray. And you might need to actually say to God, I surrender. (laughs) I just give up and I'm going to hand it all over to you. I'll ask if Bennett uh, could come back now and Amanda as well and, and just lead us in this last song. And if that's you, then take some moments. You don't have to keep singing. Just take some moments. Let the Spirit of God speak into your heart. And if that's you tonight, I'm going to be standing down here. And if that's you, why don't you come and just join me? Okay, just, you know, we'll just stand there. And if that's what God is saying to you tonight, be patient. Wait for me. Surrender. Then why don't you do that? Join me down here, okay? And we can pray together.